Let us pray. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I want to be ready when my joy comes back to me. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. I want to be ready when my joy comes back to me. Amen. Please be seated. That song by Sean Staples has been going through my head this week as we waited and we waited. <laughs> and it about summed up things for me on Thursday. I wanted to be ready when my joy came back to me. But it wasn't just a message for a rough week. It's what today's scriptures call us to be as followers of Jesus. We're called to be ready. And by Friday, I was ready for some joy. And I wondered, when it returned, would it kind of prickle like the blood coming back to your feet when they fall asleep? Or would it feel like shoulders that untensed? Or a jaw that unclenched? But mostly yesterday felt like this. Because while I'd been raiding, I guess I'd been holding my breath. I'm so glad that we have today's scriptures to accompany us in this moment. After this battering election week, the most recent installment in a long stretch of waiting. What's it been? Eight months? Four years? Five hundred years? Some of us have been waiting much, much longer than others. And if we're honest, the wait ain't over yet. What I love about these scriptures today is that they remind us that there is a particular quality to gospel waiting, to the kind of waiting we do as followers of Jesus. Gospel waiting requires wisdom. And in the scriptures, wisdom is often imagined as female. I've heard her described as the very personality of God. We used to call her Lady Wisdom, kind of like Lady Liberty or Mother Necessity. But recently I, wrote an, I read an article that referred to her as Woman Wisdom, and I like that better. Gospel waiting requires woman wisdom. And if you pursue the references to her through the Greek-inspired scriptures in our pre-Christian canon and the Apocrypha, you'll find that woman wisdom is connected directly to the creative work of God. She's a figure that is rooted right in the creation, and she anticipates its ongoing needs, especially at the margins. She fashions shelter, she sets table, and she gathers the rejected ones, the lowly ones, to come in 
Seek her out, like King Solomon purportedly did, and you will find a figure who withstands and understands. Woman wisdom knows how to wait. And she is always ready to reveal the presence of God as it manifests. She knows it when she sees it. Her lamp is always ready to reveal it. The desire for her leads to a kingdom, the author of the Wisdom of Solomon says a few lines after our reading today. And that would be the kingdom of God, Jesus says in the Gospel of Matthew. And here stands wisdom, with her lamp trimmed and burning, lighting the way to the final stop in the great procession of the wedding of God and humanity. Lighting the way requires the ability to wait. Gospel waiting is waiting for the completion of something that has already begun and being ready to make it visible when it arrives, to light the way for others so that they don't miss it. These wedding attendants in Jesus' parable today, they remind me of the runway lights along an airline to make sure that the plane lands well. Or maybe they're like those spotlights that you see at the early Christmas sales. <laughs> that can take a lot of lamp oil. That can take a lot of time. I was reminded when I was reading a, a commentator this week that we need to be careful not to make these wise and foolish wedding attendants metaphors for good and bad people, for God's chosen and God's rejected, for us and for them. In these immensely polarizing times, this parable says, be careful whom you call wise and whom you call foolish. Because Matthew is addressing this story to the Christian community. And all of those members are fitted with lamps to make Christ visible. But some prepare for any eventuality, and others assume that they know the day and the hour when the festivities will begin. The former have what they need to do the job of keeping the way lit until the wedding party arrives. And the others run out and can no longer do the task that they were given to do. The former are wise, the latter are foolish. And notice that the wise don't lord it over the foolish. They just suggest that they go and get more fuel before it's too late. Friends, we are all the wedding attendants. And we have one task, to usher in the promised, inevitable, and impending reign of God. That joy that is on the way, that is coming back to us. And we'd be fools to pack only enough oil for this week, hoping it would be all wrapped up by today. We are fitted to make way for a bigger change a deeper joy, a more profound transformation, 
a different world. And we don't get to say when it's going to happen. When God's design is complete, who is going to be welcome in it, and who is not. This week was a test of gospel waiting. I think that for some who wanted an immense and immediate transformation, a wholesale rejection of governance that has harmed the most vulnerable among us, there was a measure of disappointment. It was a bitter reality that as a country, we really hadn't progressed very much in our willingness to embrace justice. That shifting even the balance of that power has required immense work for merit, maybe a narrower victory than some desired. Many thought we had come much farther than this. But the faith that we proclaim as followers of Jesus which we embody with our bodies in baptism and Eucharist does not say that we progress ourselves into the kingdom of God or that we evolve ourselves through the door. It says that we lay down one way of life and God raises us into another. And these runway lights that we are part of these searchlights that we help to fuel, they illuminate an important stop in the story of Christ that occurs before the banquet hall. And that's the cross. As followers of Jesus, our job is not to tweak life as we know it, to make it a little better for some, to put it back together the way it was before it all fell apart, our job is to insist with our lives that another world is possible and to be ready for that joy, to light the way to that door. That's not evolution. That's resurrection. And that's God's lookout. We tend the lamps. And if we are wise, we also tend to the safety and the well-being and the care of all who join us in this waiting, of all who are drawn to this light and its promises. If we are wise, we foster healing in the meantime. And we make it easier for people to be good, as the wise Saint Dorothy Day would say. So I think a really important question for us on this day is what's in your lamp? What are you doing to keep it trimmed and burning? And how do you replenish it on the off chance that your estimates of how much oil you need might be a little off? These are important questions to take into this next week and beyond. What's in your lamp? What are you doing to keep it trimmed and burning? How do you replenish your reserves on the off chance that your estimates of how much oil you need are a little off? 
Another way to say it, what are you doing to be ready when joy, all the joy, comes back to you? Amen.